Desmond Winter had first called me on a rainy November day back in 1977. I was slouched at my desk in my office in Copley Square, feeling sorry for myself. It wasn't just the hard rain that ticked against the window behind me, threatening to turn to snow, or the premature gray dusk of the late afternoon. Nor was it entirely the prospect of a long winter with no trout fishing or golf or any of the other worthwhile things in my life. And I couldn't truthfully blame Gloria for the mood I was in that day, even though we had begun to discuss the divorce that would, within a couple years, become a fact— and I was finding my home no more hospitable than my office. It was all those things coming together at once, as they sometimes seem to. What I needed was a man with troubles worse than mine to cheer me up. Florence Gresham suggested I call you, Desmond Winter told me on the phone. Yes? She said you were reliable and discreet. I am, yes. She said you worked alone— she said that if you became my attorney, I could depend on your personal attention to my affairs. That's how I work. So I checked around. You sound like a discreet person yourself, Mr. Winter. I am. I am very careful. I have to be. I am a minister. And I am not without assets. Not that we ministers make a great deal of money, understand? My father was a banker. Very successful. I am his only heir. He cleared his throat. It conveyed an apology. I have kept a Boston firm on retainer for many years. I have not been happy with the attention they have given me. You never know which one of those interchangeable gray people you are going to deal with. All this specialization. An expert for everything. Makes one feel as if nobody is paying any attention to the whole picture. You want something, they have to have a meeting of the partners. That style does not suit me. Anyway, I have informed them that I no longer need their services. And you want mine? Yes. Perhaps. Is there something specific? As a matter of fact, there is. I wouldn't care to discuss it on the telephone. Can we meet? We can meet, I said, as long as you understand that I haven't agreed to take you on. I understand perfectly. So I agreed to let Desmond Winter buy me lunch the following Tuesday at Lockover's, his choice, so we could size each other up. He turned out to be a lanky, doleful man with a shock of white hair that spilled carelessly over his forehead— he was, I guessed, close to sixty back then, a good twenty-five years older than I. He had a long neck and a protruding Adam's apple which bobbed nervously when he talked. He drained one quick martini and made a good start on a second before I finished the single bourbon old-fashioned I usually rationed to myself at lunchtime. We shared Florence Gresham anecdotes by way of warming up for what he really wanted to discuss— when the waiter sidled deferentially up to our table, Winter waved him away. Then he leaned forward on his forearms. Mr. Coyne, he began, this is a very delicate matter. <laughs>